0: Oh God we just thank you for Mike Lord we thank you if there's a light he takes in your word and Lord we thank you for the message that you've just given him and Lord we just pray that as a body now as we just listen and receive your word Holy spirit may you just come and may you just breathe life into it may you help us to listen well to engage well and to be attentive to what you're doing may you bless this morning Jesus' name. Amen. Do you be seated. Thanks, Pete. Well, I think the Spirit of God is moving this morning. Do you agree with that? He's touching, isn't he? Uh, So what I want to do is speak reasonably uh, quickly. Then what I think we should do, I think we should actually just wait on the Spirit for some words and then Uh, Let him do what he wants to do. Um, Does that sound like a good plan? I think it sounds like a good plan. Now, some of you will know I'm a police chaplain, and so I'm attached to uh, the emergency response team and basically, I was out with them on Wednesday night, and we were going to interview uh, a poor woman who was a victim of domestic violence, then something kicked off in Woking. We were about 15 miles away, would you believe, and uh, we were asked to go there. So uh, we were going along you know, 100 miles an hour, 120 miles an hour, uh, in this car, flashing light, blah, 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 which is sort of really exciting, but also slightly terrifying. You know, it's sort of, oh my gosh, I hope no one pulls out in front of the car. Uh, and um, so we, we get there, we get there, we're going, going, it's all going well, and then we hit this bump in the road. Boom, whoa, and uh, thankfully we were all right. And uh, we got to Woking and the fire and, uh, brigade were there first, another unit, so they didn't need us, but it was, uh, it was a good journey. Now, going through the... <laughs> Going through the the, uh, book of uh, Ephesians, I nearly said Acts, has been a bit like that. We've had this uh, amazing journey uh, about how uh, we've been uh, blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, chapter one, chapter two. We've been made new, alive in Christ Jesus, chapter three, God bringing everyone together, unity, maturity, the expression of gifts. And this little chunk feels like a bit of a, a bump in the road. It's quite sort of austere. Some of these verses we're going to look at this morning. Someone described them as austere, colorless, and unattractive. And um, uh, I don't know whether you'd agree with that. But before we jump in, you know, if you're going to have any uh, chance of understanding uh, these, uh, what Paul is saying here, then uh, we've got to remember. I want to start here before we jump in. Don't forget that something extraordinary has happened to you having come to faith? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten just what's happened to you? Something extraordinary happens to you when you come to faith. And it doesn't matter whether your conversion has been dramatic, and it's been a sort of, you know, I was terrible, I used to drink 400 pints of beer, uh, and then uh, eat snakes for breakfast, <laughs> and shoot puppies, and now... Uh, <laughs> Now I'm different, or it doesn't matter whether it's a sort of gradual thing where it's been this uh, slow dawning in Jesus, but something utterly extraordinary has happened to you and to me, having come to faith. And this is what Paul reminds us of. And he says, as we saw in in chapter one, uh, we need wisdom and revelation to uh, hold on to the hope to which he's called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, what is the imaginal greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, you see? Something breathtaking, priceless, gobsmacking, mysterious, extraordinary, uh, eternal has happened to us. And uh, this is the, the, the sort of uh, the journey through the book so far. And if you were to summarize Paul's um, Verses in chapter 4, verses 17 to 32, I think you'd have to say, he's saying, you know, something extraordinary has happened, so live differently. Live differently, verses 17 to 21. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking, they're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to the hardening of their hearts having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus Christ. You see, God, uh, when we come to faith, it's created the church as we've discovered in this book. That's not the building. That's not like a Sunday club. That's not like a Christian subculture. This is actually a brand new global community that God is fashioning, a new community that God is establishing and is establishing. And uh, we are part of this community having come to faith. And uh, it's uh, a gathered community here, but it's a dispersed community uh, in wherever you are is this community. And he's doing something extraordinary. And uh, basically, uh, actually, what he's calling us to, uh, he's called us to a number of things over the weeks. But in this chunk, he's saying, you've got to live differently and live with purity and holiness. Uh, This is the the, the distinction of this community uh, he is establishing And basically, uh, this is radical. This is a whole different way of doing life. And in his context of the day, uh, in the day of the um, Gentile religions of the day, this was very, very radical to combine uh, religion with morality uh, didn't happen, so if you look at the Gentile gods such as Zeus and Hera, uh, actually there, there was no morality or living differently associated with them. The goddess of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus was uh, this uh, uh, idol fashioned uh, uh, called Artemis, and she had a, a goddess of, uh, of fertility. And if you Google her, I don't necessarily recommend it, you you will see uh, she has a thousand breasts. And uh, I was going to put a picture up uh, this morning of her, but I thought that might be too much. Um, But, you know, Paul is saying something differently. When you come to faith, you're transformed, you join this new community, and it's important that we live very, very differently. And... uh, How on earth do you live differently then? He says we need to do three things. The first thing we need to do is we need to put on our new selves, verse uh, 20 to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, the kind of person the Christian used to be, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You've got to put on your new self, uh, now, I was in February, it was one of those awful, sort of freezing cold days, it was raining, my boys were fighting at home. I said, come on, let's get out. They're all going, you know, it's raining, we don't want to go outside. I said, you're not gonna melt. That's a great parental phrase, <laughs> isn't it? And uh, I said, we're gonna go for a bike ride down the river. So we go down the river and we go for quite a long way and then my youngest, Fred, gets quite cold and says, dad, I'm, I want to go home. And is sort of, I said, okay, look, uh, Jack and Harry, you can carry on. I'm taking Fred back home. Fred, I'll follow you. You go first down the path. And uh, we're cycling on, cycling cycling, cycling on. I skidded head over heels, over my handlebars, into the river. <laughs> Phone, wallet, backpack. Uh, I come up. I drank half the river. It was disgusting. And uh, I'm literally covered in slime and mud. It's all over my face. It's on the back of my head. And uh, I gashed my leg from the bike. I had to yank the bike. Fred didn't notice, so he's just carrying on. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And, and so I had to do it far. I get out, I get home. Bex opens the front door. She says, oh my gosh, what has happened to you? I'm standing there. I said, fell in the river. She I was terrible. And so I, I had a shower, lovely warm shower. You know that feeling when you're freezing. Got these nice, clean clothes, put them on. And this is a picture that Paul is painting. Put off your old clothes. Put on your new clothes. And this is what happened to us when we come to faith in Christ, you see. I don't know what your life was like, but my life was like those clothes covered in slime before I came to faith. And uh, it was just awful. And uh, dirty. uh, Just, I wasn't proud of it. And uh, actually, having come to faith, I was given this opportunity to have a new birth, a spiritual birth, become a new creation, and to put on these new clothes. And that's what's happened to you. And so you come, you have a shower, that's when you're baptised and you express faith in Jesus. And you're this whole new person having come to faith. So you have to put on this new uh, self if you're going to uh, live differently. And they're so different this person is, uh, is, is rotting and decaying and finite and going to death. This person, having come to faith, we don't often remind ourselves too often of this in the church, is, is alive, is new, is being renewed, is not finite but eternal. This is what we're caught up in. Uh, and we forget this stuff, don't we? And most of us end up just in the river clothes most of the time and we forget to put on our new selves. So, can I ask you just practically, you know, how's your purity? of life going? How is your holiness going uh, at this time? And let me just do a quick thing. If you had to pick one area that you're struggling with right now, what would it be? Just in the silence of your hearts, if I said, okay, purity, holiness, new community, uh, you know, what's the one thing that you'd love to sort out? Uh, Why not just think about that thing now? And you mustn't feel condemned. None of us are perfect. And uh, God loves us uh, despite our imperfections. He's with us always as we stand in these things. So that's the first thing. We've got to put on these new clothes. The second thing we've got to do is make changes, Paul says in these verses. This is verse 25 to 32. Now, you know, I remember when I came to faith and I was thinking oh my gosh, I've got to make changes. I read, I read scriptures like the one we just read. I thought, that's a bit full on. It sounds a bit judgmental, sounds a bit harsh, but I do like Jesus and I, I see he's good. I'm going to go his way. And I thought, I've got to make changes to my life. So I didn't know what you changed, but I thought, okay, I've got to start swearing. I've got to stop smoking. I've got to start, stop those inappropriate relationships I'm having uh, and I've got to stop just getting drunk all the time. And all that sort of stuff. That was me. And so in other words, what I did, I did the classic thing of defining holiness and purity as an individualistic thing. And it's something between me and God. And uh, I slightly focused on, on bad behaviors that we, we focus on in the church, sexuality, all that, so let's all focus on that. And uh, all this sort of stuff. Uh, but actually, Paul starts in a different place here. And uh, he reminds us that holiness actually is a community thing, and holiness ultimately, those things are important, please hear me, that holiness is actually expressed in relationships. It's not an individualistic thing. It's an is- not an isolationist thing. And uh, it's actually a-, a community thing. And so he talks about things that affect relationships. So what does he say? We need to change. He says, well, first, we need to tell the truth, uh, Verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. We need to be reliable, honest people in this new community, he says. And uh, we all struggle to live truthfully without pretense and honestly. And uh, we've got to keep an eye on that. We need to control our anger, verse 26 to 27. You know, do you you ever get angry? Uh, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not let the devil get a foothold. Notice he doesn't say anger is bad. We're humans. We will experience anger. But there's a sort of righteous anger. There's an unrighteous anger where we're bent on revenge or someone's damaged our ego, so we're going to go and get them. And Paul says, you know, to deal with it quickly. Don't let the sun go down. And also don't let Satan, the enemy, get a foothold. There's a sense of, uh, you know, any, any little chink, any little opportunity, even though Jesus is victor, there's, we have an enemy who's trying to drag us down and, and lead us down further. So we need to watch that. He says, what else? Be, we need to be honest at work, generous with our earnings, verse 28. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And uh, you know, Honesty at work is a whole topic. Uh, you know, do you do the hours you're meant to do? Do you take long lunch breaks? Do you, is, your, is, is your cupboard at home full of work stationery? All these sorts of stuff. You know, uh, we all, you know, it's all, oh, I'll just have that. I mean, it's, we don't even think of it as stealing, do we? But we often just need to watch this. And how generous with your earnings are you? He says we need to speak with kindness and be forgiving. These are all relational, if you think about it. Verse 29 to 30, 31 to 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up and according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So this is, his holiness here is, is, a, is a community relational holiness, purity for the sake of uh, this relationships in the church, the new community that he's uh, establishing. And uh, is he trying to stir up divisiveness between Christians and non-Christians? No, does he think Christ, non-Christians are horrible? No, he laid his whole life down seeking to explain the love and kindness and grace of God to them. Is he trying to make us feel awful and terrible and uh, no? He's actually establishing this new community uh, which involves us making choices about how we interact with other people. And uh, this community is going to transform and change the world. And we know from history, Paul wrote this letter a long time ago, it's happening globally. This is happening. Eugene Peterson said uh, this of these exaltations. Uh, none of Paul's exhortations require hero- heroics, modest restraint, minimum effort maybe. But I don't know about you, but I think these things are challenging, you know. I think they're challenging. You know anyone who struggles to be truthful all the time and live without pretense and has the mask on? Do you know anyone who struggles with anger, uh, you know, <laughs> I've spoken to many people in the church who struggle with anger and they're either on the receiving end or they can't control their own anger. Be it, be it with their kids, be it with their husband or wife, be it with a boss who's out of control, angry, whatever it is, these are live issues, aren't they? And uh, I could go on. But I want to go on to the third thing. So we need to live differently. We need to make changes. And thirdly, Paul would say, the only way you can do this is through the power of the Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, verse uh, 30, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I like the message transversion. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So I've just come to faith. I see I need to live differently. I feel excited about Jesus, about who he is, his love, his grace, his acceptance, what he's done on the cross. I am excited I see how I'm meant to live, and I conclude one day I actually can't do it. I actually cannot do this, it's too hard. And uh, I didn't realize that that was the first spiritual um, victory for me, Uh, actually realizing I couldn't do this in my own strength, because we can't do it, but God can and is. And it's through his power we can actually um, walk in the ways he wants to, in the things of the spirit, in this new community and um, we need to be people who actually are open to the spirit each day are walking in the spirit each day are listening to the holy spirit each day and one thing i do on the whole purity holiness thing i'm going to end with this and then we're going to wait on on the holy spirit is i get into bed every night bex is snoring And um, I'm the snorer. Is she here? She's probably left already. She always does when I'm speaking. Um, But basically, I get into bed, I lie down, and I do an examine. Who who knows what an examine is? It's a reflective thing. Lots of you do. And I just literally lie down, and I just say, okay, Lord, um, I thank you you're here, and that you love me, and you're powerful and real. And then secondly, I say, could you help me just review my day? What's been good? Uh, I listen and I wait and I give thanks. Then I say, uh, okay, God, uh, could you um, help me uh, with the stuff I need to work on? Could you show me what I need to work on? And basically, he speaks to me. Things I said that have been stupid, uh, things just at thoughts, you know, things I haven't done opportunities, and uh, it's never with condemnation. This is why you've got to be a person of the spirit. It's always with conviction, and uh, that means things come to mind. There's hope. There's possibility. Then I confess those things, and I ask him to help me. More importantly, I promise to make amends for some of the stuff. So I don't just confess to God. I actually practically the next day try and, hey, I'm sorry if I did that. I'm sorry I said that. And I try and practically make amends. And this is an easy thing to do, but it's a powerful daily exercise you can do uh, to be led by God.